How's it going, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Norwood Noise Podcast. It is currently Wednesday, December 21st in Kansas. It is Thursday, December 22nd in Columbus, Ohio. Graham, my correspondent, how are you? How's the first week of break been? Um, Late night here, Wednesday, early Thursday morning for you. Um, Got a lot to cover. Had a big weekend. How you doing? How's the first week of break been? What's been going on in uh, in in Columbus? How's the how's the hometown? Oh, it's good. Um, it's been a nice, relaxing break so far. You know, got to eat some good food. Got to see a bunch of people. Um, also, get to go down. You know, the old stopping grounds in New Albany High School. Uh, Eagles were facing off against conference opponent Westland on Friday. So you know, we dropped down. In, oh yeah, baby. We dropped down a bit in scope. Uh, after you know wa- watching some great home games at Cintas Center, but it was also you know great to be around a bunch of good people, uh, some some bonds you know they had to get to strengthen and you know kind of lose throughout the semester when everyone's doing their own thing. So it's been nice you know catch up with people, catch up with the fam. Um, but as happy as that might make me, nothing brings me as much joy as talking college hoops here on the Norwood Noise oh, podcast. Of course, of course. Of course. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Let's get right into it. Um, so last Wednesday, the last time we recorded, we recorded early in the evening. So we had one uh, result that we wanted to cover briefly. Um, Maryland slowing to a skid slightly. Um, they do lose to UCLA. Um, by a, pre- a fairly large margin, Xfinity Center was rocking that night for that game. Was kind of hoping for a little bit more out of the Terps. Um but the Bruins just come in and roll on the road. Great road win for the Bruins. Um, and I don't think there's a ton to say there. I think, obviously, UCLA, very good team. Maryland still trying to find their footing a little bit. Um, but definitely excited to see what Kevin Willard has in store um, come conference play with all of that uh, coming up here, you know, sooner sooner than we all know it. Um, you know, for some conferences already starting to get into some conference play. Um but yeah, I do think Maryland's obviously got a great shout um, at being competitive in the league this year. Um, so then looking ahead, Friday, um, a couple slightly notable results. Obviously, we'll get to Xavier later in the Musketeer Minute, uh, but they took care of business last Friday night on the 16th of December. Yes, got my dates right. Here we go. Um, Marquette uh, beat Creighton um, to take Creighton to 500 at 6-6. Six and six. Marquette's still proving that they're a solid team through and through. Um but yeah, so that kind of wraps up our, our big results from the middle of the week and kind of end of the week last week. 
Um, Graham, any big takeaways on any either of those games or, or anything else you saw, you know, late in the week last week for college hoops? Um, yeah, the, the first one, the big takeaway is, you know, the UCLA-Maryland game. Um, both of those teams, you know, are like like the sneaky teams towards the end of the season that you're going to like raise, raise a few eyebrows about, you know, if they can make a deep tournament run. And um, it was honestly unbelievable that UCLA was able to just dismantle Maryland um, the way that they did on the road. Um, I think that it – I think this game says more about UCLA, that UCLA is definitely, um, you know, like a formidable reoccurring team, you know, uh, past few years it's kind of just been or is this like just a one year thing or maybe it's two year but I think UCLA is like here to stay a very reputable program um, obviously not returning what they were you know with John Wooden when they were winning every year but still very right. very very good team very good program uh, led well I don't know that I don't know that we'll ever see dominance like that ever again <laughs> I hope not uh, it's good parody right now um, but Maryland, I think, brings something to the table. You know, they play like eight or nine guys that all get, you know, double-digit minutes. Um, I think that, you know, we've talked about this all year, that SEC Big Ten um, offers something that other conferences don't where there isn't, like, a clear-cut favorite. You know, there's a bunch of guys, like, going to be doing that. And, like, Purdue obviously has kind of come out the woodwork, really, and it's been, you know, the team, you know, the number one team in the nation right now. But I, even then, I feel like once we get to conference play, you know, teams, you're going to have to play multiple games a week, um, you know, traveling a lot more. I think things are going to kind of start to even out in the Big Ten. I think Maryland could be one of those teams that comes out on top uh, amidst all the chaos. Um, only other, sure. other game we want to talk about, you know, before we get into the weekend was um, the Marquette-Creighton game. Uh, you know, Creighton had a long skid. Um and it's still skidding. <laughs> Dropping multiple games, you know, you know, you're traveling to Marquette thinking that, um, you can, you know, maybe sneak out a win, you know, on the road. I mean, Marquette, it, it seemed very solid. I mean, let's not forget that they completely dismantled, um, a very good Baylor team, uh, two weeks ago. But, I mean, Creighton was just not able to get anything going against Marquette. Um, tried to piece it together, you know, late in the game, but it just, like, was just not there enough. Um, and I think Creighton's having, like, the same problem that, like, Xavier's having was not being able to get any consistent um, offensive addition from the bench. So, you know, if their main guys, you know, Shireman or Nemhard, um, Alexander, you know, if they're not getting anything going, it's going to be hard for them Um to really stay in games. And I think a big part, you know, is Kalkbrenner being out. Um, I think that team goes when he goes. And not having one of the best presence in the Piggies and probably even the country is really affecting them. Um, kind of rubs me the wrong way. See people, like, writing off Creighton because I still think that they aren't a team that you'd want to be around, um, especially on the road. Um but at the same time, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is that Creighton is just not what we thought they were going to be towards the start of the season and the off season. Yeah, couldn't agree more. But um, but yeah, I completely agree with you on the fact that I still think come conference play, this team's going to find its footing. Um, it is unfortunate to see though that um, you know Creighton has been 
so reliant clearly on Cockburner's presence and production because um, you just you know you were expecting some of those guys you know Shireman the transfer and Ryan Nimhard and you know Kaluma to be able to shoulder a little bit of that weight um, and to see that they're you know clearly very reliant on you know uh, both an offensive and defensive present there, presence there with Cockburner um, is unfortunate especially a team that was competing with a lot of really high level teams at the you know early part of the season obviously playing really well in the Maui um you know it's tough to see that but again I agree with you I think it's similar to Villanova you know we'll get to Villanova later they had a key win tonight um but no I do think they get it figured out eventually um it's again still not a team you want to see come you know later later conference play and excuse me possibly into uh into March. <clears throat> Man, it's getting late here. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the Saturday slate. Saturday was absolutely packed, as we talked about last week. So many good games. Again, as we always do, I'm going to do the run-through. I'll, like, you know, I'll hit on a couple things that um, I feel like should be noted, um, and then Graham, I'll let you kind of take it from there. Um, in chronological order, Kansas wiped the floor with Indiana, 84-62 um, in the fog for, for Kansas, so Obviously, a huge home court advantage, um, but Indiana just never really competitive, which I, did kind of surprise me. I do think this is a very good Indiana team, um, and again, we always say you know, you know, home court advantage is a big thing, and especially when you're talking about Kansas, um, but still, just never really in it, never really competitive. A 22 point win there for um, Kansas, holding Trace Jackson Davis to 13 points. I think that's a big takeaway too. Um, you know, seeing that a team like Kansas that hasn't had you know, a, a huge inside presence, you know, so far this year. That's been very clear. Um, seeing a guy like, you know, K.J. Adams just absolutely handle um, Trace Jackson Davis was really interesting and impressive, and I think something that um, other teams can take note on and, and note that uh, there's a couple different ways to shut this guy down. Um, and if a guy like K.J. Adams, who's, you know, a, a very kind 6'8", um, and just an athletic built presence um, is someone that can they can have an effect on him offensively is definitely a, a good sign for some teams to come um, you know with that with those matchups coming up but uh, but yeah an impressive win for Kansas nonetheless they do well to win that one Providence beat uh, Seton Hall on the road 71 67 um, again I think the Big East that that middle of the pack is going to be very much a bloodbath similar to kind of you know the middle of the Premier League kind of set up there. Um, going to be a good setup uh, and I do think a lot of those teams are going to kind of you know knock out each other a little bit um, but again I still think you know both those teams could be tournament teams come the end of the season Seton Hall ste steadying the ship a little bit um, but Providence obviously has kind of had a very good showing here early on um, they picked up a key win as well on Tuesday night that we'll get to later um, but yeah they, both teams looking pretty solid off the start Gonzaga won a thriller 190 um Gonzaga uh, over Alabama, and it was in Birmingham, and I'm not kidding you. I mean, it, it literally looked like they were playing street pickup ball. I mean, it was like there was no defense. Brandon Miller scored 36 points. He was pulling and scoring from literally everywhere on the floor. Drew Timmy had 29-10. Um, Gonzaga scored 53 points in the second half. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was so much fun to watch. Um, definitely was a great game, um, and, and, you know, definitely a, an entertaining one at that. Uh, super, super fun to watch that one and uh and see what both those high-powered high-octane offenses could bring on the flip side two great defensive teams houston went on the road and really proved themselves and got a huge win 69 61 at virginia i think they did they did very well to get that win um because again i think if you lose that one 
you know, after losing to Alabama last week, I think people go into the typical, you know, mid-major, you know, you know, or kind of, you know, the upper part of the mid-majors, um, kind of that write-off of like, oh, well, Houston doesn't play anybody and see when they play, you know, good teams, they aren't that good. Um, so they did very well, not only to beat Virginia, but to go on the road and do it there in Charlottesville was awesome for them. Virginia's a very, very good team, I think, this year, um, and a great win that was for Houston. So good on the Cougars for uh, going on the road and getting a, a big-time victory there. Um, <clears throat> moving forward, we had the CBS Sports Classic. Ohio State, North Carolina was a wild ending. It went into overtime. North Carolina was way down, came all the way back to tie it late in the game. Um, Armando Baycott, of course, had 28-15. Um, I think both these teams are good teams. Obviously, North Carolina kind of got a big win, a good rebound win there. Um, Ohio State has got Purdue here coming up in a couple weeks, so be excited to see how they compete there. Um, but, yeah, again, Ohio State just another one of those kind of middle-of-the-road Big Ten teams that's going to be in there that could get involved um, you know, in that Big Ten race. North Carolina trying to re, you know stay the ship here, reestablish something, get a little bit of something going. So we'll see how they handle that going forward. Um, <clears throat> another... Uh, Notable game, Villanova beating St. Joe's on the road. The, again, I always say this big five games in Philly um, can get hairy, so they, they did well to win that one. A um, little mid-major madness for you, San Francisco, giving UNLV their first loss of the season uh, on the road in Vegas, 75-73. Um, they picked up a big one tonight as well, um, almost a 50-point win over Arizona State. Again, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, but some, some notable ones there. UCLA beat Kentucky in the second game of the CBS Sports Classic. Um, 63-53, well done Bruins. Again, looking like a very, very top-tier team. Wouldn't be surprised to see them you know, moving up higher and higher in the rankings as the weeks go on. Excited to see the Pac-12 race this year. I think there's a couple of good teams. Um, obviously, UCLA and Arizona kind of headlining that, but I don't think Oregon is anything to sneeze at. Um, you know, Arizona State, obviously, not a great game tonight, but they are in, that, in, the, in those rankings, so worth noting them. And um, what they could do, and I, I think Utah has shown a little bit too, um, as a team that could be competitive uh, in the Pac-12. So, good Pac-12 race coming up. Um, Purdue uh, beat Davidson. Graham will let you hit that one in depth, but uh, 69-61, a good win for Purdue in uh, basically a home game in Indianapolis. Um, they did well to, to stave off a feisty uh, Wildcat team, I think. So, um, great win there for them. Um, Butler was competitive for the first half, I guess, um, 28, 20 at the half and then 68, 46, UConn ended up taking care of business. Um, so yeah, again, no real scare there. The real scare for UConn came on Tuesday. We'll get to that later. Um, but UConn improved there to, uh, continue to stay undefeated. Um, Drake and St. Louis played a great mid-major game on the road. Drake went on the road to St. Louis. I was super intrigued by that one. Um, 41-40 half, Drake was up one. Uh, St. Louis kind of got away a little bit early in the second half, and then Drake came back and, and tied it, um, and then St. Louis pulled away towards the end, and it was a really, really good game, really hard fought, tough one for the Bulldogs. Um, we were kind of talking about this before the pod, and we can get into it later because um, Drake will come up again later in the podcast, but um, Drake's kind of a sneaky, going to be one of those, you know, four to six lost teams from a from what's typically a single big conference so unfortunately i think if they don't win their conference tournament they're you know walking on eggshells come selection sunday this would have been a huge win if they could have locked that up um unfortunately weren't able to in st louis i think same you know same goes for them they need to get these key marquee wins um 
you know, similar deal. A10, obviously, a little bit better level of a conference um, than the Valley, but both teams in, in a very similar position. And, and good good on these coaches for making this matchup happen because, you know, Ford and, and DeVries um, did a great job to make this one happen. It was an awesome game, super fun watch. And then the nightcap um, didn't disappoint at all. This game was back and forth. It was 35-35 at half. Arizona did take care of business, take, you know, taking the home home win against Tennessee 75-70. I think that was the perfect example of, like, the you know, the home crowd doing its advantage, you know, doing its thing, um, taking care of the advantage and, and giving them that five-point win because otherwise these teams were very evenly matched. You know, the fire versus ice, the best offense versus best defense really lived up to the to the billing, and it was an awesome game. Loved watching it Saturday night. Um, really enjoyed that. So, yeah, great win for Arizona. Again, Tennessee, I still think very competitive to go on the road like that and, and even be that close, um, especially for a team that doesn't score a lot of points and has had some troubles offensively. Um, you know, good on them for, for hanging around. So, that was the Saturday slate. It was packed. I know I just spent a ton of time on that. And, uh, Graham, if you can remember it all, I don't know if you were taking notes over there. Um, but uh, but give us your thoughts. Uh, kind of go through one by one. Um, you know, roll over what you want. You know, tell me to stop talking about the, the non-storylines and focus, on, focus us in on what we really need to know about. Uh, yeah. Uh, starting off Saturday, wow. I'm passionate about um, Davidson and Purdue facing off in Indianapolis. Um I, at the end of the day, you will buy as a side better team one. I mean, Zach Eadie's, you know, player of the year candidate, and Davidson didn't play a guy over 6'10. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a struggle, but, uh, you know, it's hopeful, you know, Davidson was able to, you know, have stretches where, you know, they control the game, you know, these little six to nine runs, um, like six oh runs to nine oh runs. Um, where they looked like a very well put together team. I mean, Davidson's kind of had their struggles this year. I mean, the coaching change has definitely been hard on them. They now have five losses on the year after falling to Northeastern tonight. Um, but at the uh, end of the day, I think that you know there's a lot of hopefulness. Um, but to talk about Purdue, they really clicked. You know when they needed to, um, and they looked really good. They looked really really good for uh, good portions of those game of that game. Uh, moving on, Houston Virginia. Love the fact that Houston was able to pull away late um, and get a big win. Um, I think Virginia is going to have opportunities in conference play to kind of, you know, um, show their ability, beat good teams on the road. I, Houston just right now um, in the America doesn't really have those same opportunities. They might play one or two ranked games all of conference play, if that. Um so the fact that they can get a big win, it's really just good for the sport, I think. When you come down to college basketball, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament, um, I, I think that, you know, it just makes it a lot more interesting that Houston was able to beat top teams uh, at the start of the year. Um, UConn and Butler. Um, I feel like the score doesn't do as justice on Butler's end. I think it is an accurate representation of UConn. But Butler was really hanging in there for a while. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of bright spots for Butler. Um, there's a little bit of uncertainty, you know, towards the start of the year. But, like, is Thadmata, like, still have it? Is he able to, you know, um, you know, take this Butler team to what they were used to uh, in the Golden A's when, you know, they're making Final Four runs? But I really think that this Butler team could be good. Um I think this is a tournament team. 
and they really took it to UConn. They really, you know, show that they can. Um, but I think UConn just started a UConn, you know, about like that 12-minute mark, and it was just, you know, an onslaught. I mean, Sonogo really was the difference maker in that game. I mean, he had a three. He had this mid-range jumper. He had like this emphatic and one dunk going into a media. I think he really really changed that game, and once that physical presence is doing that much um, to you on one end, it's really hard to get anything going um, offensively. Uh, Gonzaga, Alabama, you mean, it was really like pickup game atmosphere. Um, it was aw- I mean, it was such a fun watch. I, I think between that and the Arizona-Tennessee game, those were the two best games that I watched all, all night. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I mean, Gonzaga really lights it up, and I think that it, it's really respectable um, that their non-conference schedule is just so legit, um, you know, playing way better teams than they'll play all year. Um, they, they're just a lot, lot of fun um, to, you know, talk about Alabama a little bit. Uh, I, I really, really trust Nate Oates when it comes uh, down to this season. I think they're going to be my favorite to win the SEC. Um, Brandon Miller was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, as a freshman, he has just been their guy, uh, being a consistent option. Um, I can like, I think in the Houston game, uh, which was like his first like real test, um, he was a little like shaky. But the Memphis game and the Gonzaga game, he's really shown how good he can be. Um, he's been unbelievable this year. Um, and, you know, Gonzaga speaks for itself of what they've been able to do the past few years uh, in the Drew Timmy tenure. Um, Tennessee, Arizona. Uh, really, really fun watch. Was uh, fortunate to see the, the tail end of that game. Um, you know, just neck and neck. I mean, the last few minutes, it was just good defensive stops or big buckets, you know, at the end of the shot clock. Um, I think that that game really proved that Tommy Lloyd is as good of a coach as the record has shown. Um, he was unbelievable. Um, I thought that they made adjustments towards the way Tennessee was playing. Um, Arizona's a deep team. They give you a lot. Um, for you know, one to five, I feel like they have game changers that come in. Um, from the starters to the bench, I think Arizona's doing things really well. I think they're one of the best teams in the country. Um, talking about UCLA, uh, you know, a quick turnaround after, you know, playing Maryland on the road, you got to go to the bright lights, Madison Square Garden, um, and play a very solid Kentucky team. Um, and again, UCLA is just proving, you know, that they're one of the top teams. I can't wait for the UCLA-Arizona uh, game. Um, I think yeah, both the home and away this year are going to be phenomenal. Yeah, great atmospheres for both of those too. I think that UCLA is um, not as far behind Arizona as many people think. These two big wins uh, versus top twenty-five teams on the road, um, while you know, like Kentucky still had to travel to Madison Square Garden and still an amazing arena. Um, you know, going you know that time zone difference. Um, yeah, it's a it's a big step for UCLA, and I think that they prove that they can be a very solid team. Um, Mississippi State sneaking past Nichols, um, you know that that hype train for a little bit of Mississippi State being good, I is 
very um it's, it's petering out yeah it, it's dwindled you know they sneak past a below 500 nichols team they lose to drake um and now you know we talked about how hard it was going to be on them that um they get past non-conference and they play alabama and then um kentucky so mississippi state's like nice little uh, fun i might be over um talk about Ohio State and North Carolina um, North Carolina that was a much needed win I think Armando Baycott really like has been improving past few games has kind of like gotten things back under control um, North Carolina I really still have bought a lot of stock in them and I'm going to continue to I think that they are a very good team they just um I, I think maybe it was a combination of uh, preseason hype and, you know, maybe being lackadaisical, thinking that they have what they already need. Um, but they're starting to piece it together, and I think that they're going to be very formidable once ACC play begins. Um, talk about Ohio State for a little bit. Um, I cannot wait, you know, for Ohio State to play Purdue. It's the uh, first week of January. I'm hopeful that I can maybe even attend that game. Um between um, you know Thornton and Sensabaugh like two freshman guards that have like really improved game in and game out they were so efficient versus um, North Carolina um, I just think North Carolina has that edge right now that they needed this win um, and I think it proved you know um, when they had you know they stormed in the second half and you know took care of business in overtime so two teams that I think were like really looking for that win. I think uh, North Carolina needed it more, and I, and I think it, uh, it came through when it mattered most. Um, talk about Sunday a little bit. Not not a whole lot uh, going on that was that crazy. Um, only thing is a coast to coast challenge. Uh, you know, Pac-12 coast to coast challenge. Uh, Texas squares off against Stanford. Um, obviously, Stanford is not that good. They're four and seven at the at this moment, um, but Texas has a whole lot of stuff going on. You know, this Chris Beard stuff. You know, there's a whirlwind of information coming out, and now it's been kind of dwindling. Um, which I don't know if it's a good or a bad sign for what's headed his way, um, but they get a win. Um, I. As much as, you know, everyone's going to talk about Chris Beard, I think a storyline should be about um, what those kids are going to have to go through. Um, yeah, totally agree. And, you know, you, you kind of, like, put your, uh, like, whole life in the hands of these, uh, you know, college programs. So I, I'm sure that they're going through a lot. So the fact that they were able to get a win, um, you know, against – you know, a bigger school. Uh, that was cool to see. Yeah, totally agree. Um, other game in that series, Washington State Baylor. Um, Washington State hung around for a while. I did catch the end of it actually, um, but Baylor ended up putting them away, sixty-five fifty-nine. Good win for the Bears. Only other two I want to mention: Auburn goes on the road to USC, which really interesting scheduling there. Um, USC ends up winning the game 74-71. Tough road loss for Auburn. I think this USC team is is fine, but I don't think they're great. Uh, so so not a great loss for Auburn. 
Um, Heading into conference play, I think you know obviously Pearl would have loved to see a little bit more, a little bit more out of that game. Um, but let alone the Trojans get the job done there. And then New Mexico, it, the Battle of the Patinos. I, I love that they did this. Uh, New Mexico uh, takes care of business at home, beats Iona, improves to 11 and 0. We've got three teams left in the country undefeated: Purdue, UConn, and New Mexico. New Mexico's 11 and 0, 82-74. They take down Iona. Um, in the in the patino battle there um love seeing it it was a great game great atmosphere the pit never fails excuse me the pit never fails to deliver uh and it was really an awesome game and an awesome atmosphere um and yeah new mexico is uh undefeated keep your eye on them here i mean the lobos got a really good thing going on um obviously uh with younger richard patino in the house now um, he's kind of taking care of business early and, and making it, you know, very much a, a business-like approach to this. Um, not a ranked team on the schedule as they open conference play, um, but the ones you got to pay attention to, um, you know, one game against UNLV uh, for New Mexico, um, and then you've also got, and that's that's at home in the pit, so that should be a great game. That'll be a two or three loss team on January seventh coming to the pit. Um, San Diego State, of course, will always be a great game. Utah State's pretty solid so far this year as well. Um, so a lot of good, decent Mountain West teams. No one amazing, though. Um, but, yeah, so excited to see if uh, if New Mexico can keep this run going. Um, and, yeah, so that kind of wrapped up Sunday. Um, nothing really super notable going on on Monday. Um, pretty ho-hum day for college hoops on Monday. Um, as we, as we kind of turn into this holiday week, a lot of games got canceled. A lot of games are getting moved because of this, you know, winter storm Elliot coming through the Midwest right now. Um, Grandma, I don't know if I told you we're expecting um, wind chill temps up to negative 35 tomorrow here in Kansas City, with real temp around negative five to negative 10 degrees. So it's going to be freezing cold here, um, and hence why a lot of a lot of games in the Midwest are getting canceled, um, simply for the sake of travel too. A lot of snow kind of north of us, looking at the Dakotas and. You know, Minnesota, Nebraska, those areas are going to get a ton of snow as well. So some games getting moved, canceled around this holiday season. Uh, obviously with the holidays falling how they are too on the weekends, um, it basically cancels a whole weekend of college hoops. Um, so outside of the Diamond Head Classic, um, nothing really super notable until early next week. Um, last or Yesterday's games, um, notable ones, Wofford beat Texas A&M. Again, don't really know what to expect from either of those teams. Wofford already got five losses, so uh, don't think they're going to be the mid-major power that they you know have been in some some past years. Texas A&M just really struggling to get off the line here um, for the start. Uh, the one that I was uh, able to attend, which was an awesome atmosphere, um, traveled from Des Moines uh, with a buddy of mine um, over to Lincoln, Nebraska, to head over to the Pinnacle Bank for the battle in the vault. Uh, Drake in Mississippi State. It was funny because uh, my be- my best friend goes to um, goes to Drake, and I, I you know given him a call a few weeks ago to talk about Drake's season, you know how they're doing um, early on in the year, looking ahead on their schedule, whatever. And at the time, Mississippi State was undefeated, so I said, hey, you know that Mississippi State game coming up looks like it might be a you know a pretty big game, as that's kind of your toughest test before uh, before conference play. And so uh, when they got ranked this past this past week, um, he called me again and said, "Hey, you know, I know you said that it was going to be a big game. Obviously, they're ranked now. It's going to be an even bigger game. Do you want to go?" Because um, it was right when I was getting back from break, and I was like, "Heck yeah!" Uh, so we made it happen. It was awesome. Fifty-eight, fifty-two win for the dogs. Um, the, sorry, 
the Drake Dogs as it was a Bulldog on Bulldog battle. Um, but it was a good one. It was a great game. Um, Mississippi State out hot early um, after responding to an early Drake run. Uh, and they kind of took over and, and showed that they were a true athletic SEC team. And then Drake just got kind of grimy and, and, you know, really grinded out the victory in the second half. Um, you know, lo- love seeing the father-son combo there. Darian DeVries, the head coach, he was an uh, 18-year assistant under uh, McDermott over at Creighton. Um, this is his fourth year, I think, in the head job at Drake um, with his son, Tucker DeVries, now leading the team in scoring. Um, that kid's a stud. Uh, and then Chris Jans, obviously, New Mexico State's, State's former head coach, head coach now, now at Mississippi State. State. So, um, great, great dynamic there. there. Good to see kind of, you know, what – what Jams was bringing. Um, good to see that team in person, too, because I hadn't seen a lot from the from Mississippi State so far. Um, so very athletic team there. Um, but again, Drake just gets really grindy uh, and, and takes care of business, wins the game there. Um, and again, like I was saying, great resume builder for Drake. Huge big-time win there. Um, other notables, UConn, I mean, legitimately was down 10 at one point to Georgetown and then just got hot. Um and ended up coming back and, and really taking care of business down the stretch. 84-73, they win the game at home against Georgetown. Wake Forest upsets Duke by 11-81-70. Um, home game for Wake there. You know, Duke just got to settle the ship here as you get into conference play. Um, Providence took Marquette to two overtime um, and actually got the win, 103-98. to um, Again, like I said, Providence you know, looking pretty solid here at the start of conference play. Uh, Marquette, that's a tough loss on the road, um, but again, it's just that's kind of how the Big East I think is going to be this year, as it is many years. Uh, Miami gets a, a huge home win against Virginia. Um, Virginia again, just like I was saying earlier, got to steady the ship a little bit. Um, you know, got to keep your head up, got to keep looking forward. Um, a tough game on the road, you know, early on to have to go. Uh, go to Miami, uh, very talented and athletic Miami team there. Virginia responded well. They were down 10 at the half, only ended up losing by two. Um, so they did well to play better in the second half, uh, but still just got to work on that offensive flow. Um, they don't have a lot going so far here early in the season. Um, and then, of course, we'll get to we'll get to the Muskie minute later, but uh, Xavier taking care of business, 73-70 over Seton Hall, sneaking out of that one. So, gee, uh, Monday, Tuesday, any, any really big takeaways that you want to hit on there? Yeah, uh, first talk about um, UConn. Uh, again, I just feel like uh, it's almost scary that they've just been able so far in conference play to kind of just like click and just automatically or just decide, oh, wait, we're supposed to be really good. Uh, it's kind of scary. Um, talk about... Uh, Arizona Montana State real quick just because like I I'd like to know like their decisions uh, Montana State and Montana because I feel like they play everyone. Yeah, I totally. Agree. Like when I see that they I didn't only even played, see that Arizona played Montana State. Like when I see okay, that they've only played like twelve and thirteen games respectively. Like that doesn't make sense because I feel like they've played everyone in the country this year. Um, yeah, Montana played Gonzaga like last night, I think. Yeah. Um, sidebar. I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but that 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 that's my big takeaway. Um, Duke uh, Wake Forest. Um, I, I I'm a huge fan of what Wake Forest has done the past few years, um, and I love that they're able to get a win over Duke. Um, 
it's just so awkward. Like, I know that Duke's only like ten and three, but like the fact that like Duke isn't Duke right now, and like they're just a good yeah. team, just like doesn't feel right. Um, Again, like we we're like we were saying at the beginning of the year. I mean, this is the first time ever that Duke has been good without Shashevsky or, or ranked you know well. So it's super weird to to not see them yeah. you know absolutely annihilating and to be fair again i'm not you know taking any jabs here at Krzyzewski, but shire put together a pretty tough schedule and that's not very typical for duke early on the season obviously this is conference play um but they're they're just much more tested this year uh than than we see in in normal years yeah um talk about virginia miami um love miami we talked very highly of them um at the uh, start of the year, um, Miami dropped a game where they played a very good, now that we've realized, a very good Maryland team, and they got blown out of the water. And then they just haven't been able to you know, play anyone of substance. So they've been kind of under the radar, but they're now looking um, at 12-1 and one, uh, with a big win uh, over Virginia. Uh, Virginia coming off that Houston loss. Um but Virginia's still very good, and I just was huge fan of that Miami, you know, in their first game after not really playing anyone, they were able to just, like, you know, squeeze out a really tough victory. Uh, Virginia, you know, stormed back, you know, just got really hot. Uh, ben Vanderplas, you know, grad transfer from OU, was able to hit some really big shots, kind of brought Virginia back into the game. Um, but Miami pulled away, took care of business, so I'd love to see that. Um because they, you know, they were one of my sleeper picks. You know, when we talked, um, uh, you know, contenders at the start of the year, um, Marquette Providence wild game, um, two overtime games. You know, both teams almost in triple digits, ninety-eight, one hundred three for the Friars. Um, interesting stat here, and I didn't, I wasn't fortunate enough to watch the game, um, so I, I, I think I might, you know, look into it. Uh, but interesting stat right here. Marquette shot thirteen for nineteen from free throw. Um, okay. and Providence shot thirty five for forty nine. They shot thirty more free throws than Marquette did. Now, what? how did I miss that? Now I don't know if maybe. Uh, Providence, you know, just has was just getting that many good shots, you know, um, good looks in the paint. Um, another thing, you know, consider is, you know, um, Marquette was the team that was kind of like crawling back um, most of the game. So I'm sure that there was some fouls, you know, late game situation, you know, going to double overtime. So these free throw numbers should be a little bit swayed. But in a game where you go to double overtime. It is honestly unbelievable that there's a 30-shot difference in free throws. Um, that's a pretty big indicator that a game might be swayed one way or another, so, but I don't want to say anything because I didn't, I didn't watch the game, but that is unbelievable in my opinion. Yeah, no, totally agree. I, I, I'm looking back through it. Um well, quote from, from Marquette coach Shaka Smart, we tell our guys to play violent, and talking about Hopkins, uh, he was violent tonight. 
Um, he put his head down and drove. He was basically saying something's going to happen. So it sounds like that was kind of the, you know, the the one of the big, you know, rallying points during the game. Um, but yeah, holy cow, um, pretty impressive. Anywho, all right, let's uh, move on here. Let's wrap it up. Uh, tonight's games, um, really nothing too crazy happened. Um, I do want to mention, and I just finished up watching it. The game just ended. Um, first of all, Arizona State, what are you doing going on the road to a reputable mid-major uh, in San Francisco? Um, you know, why, why are you playing that game at all? Um, you know, let alone with a you know in a tough spot. They lose by they only end up only losing by thirty-seven. It was eighty to thirty-five at one point in this game. Um, Ninety-seven sixty is the final. Holy cow! Uh, San Francisco just absolutely obliterated um, Arizona State. I don't think there's really a lot to say about that. I think Arizona State's kind of a shaky um, Pac-12 team. Had some ups, had some downs, um, but just really interesting to see that because I, I think again, like we always say, <coughs> you never really know what you're going to get at the mid-majors. San Francisco's a good team, um, but was not expecting that out of them tonight. Um, other notable results, just to kind of wrap up the evening. Um, uh, Drake, I, I will mention this, played they're they're on back-to-back nights. They 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 were supposed to play St. Ambrose's Division II school um, on th- tomorrow. They're supposed to play on Thursday. Uh, game got moved up to tonight, or I guess this afternoon, and they won 124-48. to 48. Um so yeah, no no problems there with with very little sleep for the Bulldogs. Um, Iowa was thirty point favorites over East Illinois, uh, a four and nine team. Uh, East Illinois goes into Carver Hawkeye and gets an, a nine point win, ninety two eighty three. Um, not going to be good for the resume come March. Iowa could be one of those teams. That I think I see them a little like a touch below that kind of you know bloodbath that's going to happen towards the top of the Big Ten. I see Iowa kind of as a as a shade below that. Um, so that's going to be a really bad loss come March because that that's going to be one that shows up on that final day that we're looking at. Oh, hey, look, I was on the bubble, and that's going to be one that the committee highlights is like, man, this is a really bad quad three or quad four. I don't know even what it qualifies for yet, um, but quad three or four loss that's not a good one. Virginia, or excuse me, Virginia, Villanova statement win seventy eight sixty three over St. John's. St. John's good team, bad conference or bad non con schedule. Um, so seeing what they're getting here early on a conference play is interesting. Villanova, big time statement though. Good, good to see them getting rolling. Cam Whitmore's back, um, and Nova's rolling again. I, I think uh, they're they're going to be you know just as difficult as as they typically are um, of a game you know here coming up here pretty quick. We play them on January seventh, uh, a Saturday, um, here in just a few weeks. So again, tough game coming up. Boston College took Virginia Tech to OT. Uh, they're five hundred and got a win tonight, seventy to sixty five. Again, think it's you know a lot of very common theme of what we're seeing is those you know kind of high major programs that didn't play a super difficult non-con schedule. Um, they're finding themselves in conference play, having a hard time settling tough environments, and then losing a couple games early. So again, number twenty-one ranked Virginia Tech will surely fall out next week. Um, but again, don't think it's anything to freak out about. North Carolina and Michigan was apparently a wild game. I was just reading there were four uh, technical fouls on one scuffle. Um, there were some elbows thrown, some shoulders, a lot of shoving. Um, 
North Carolina gets the win, 80 to 76. So they're rolling now. They've, they've now beat Ohio State, and Michigan back to back, and really getting going going into conference play. So I think this is this is what you expect out of North Carolina. It sounds like it was a, a, a grimy win, so a good one, way to grind it out for them, um, and a good win for the Tar Heels to really get things rolling into conference play for them. Um, outside of that, uh, nothing else really worth mentioning. Um, Auburn beat Washington on the road, 84-61. Good win for them. Um, must you know, must have just stayed out west after that USC game a couple nights ago. Um, TCU gets a good road win at Utah, 75-71. That was a big one for them. Um, way to take care of business there. Um, and that really wraps it up for the past or for tonight's games. Um, looking ahead again like we said really nothing going on so we'll try and think of something creative to do for the podcast next week um that'll be the same night as the uh xavier st john's game um so we'll either go before or after you know kind of depending on schedules um we'll either record before or after that game and again we'll try and do something you know creative to kind of add up the content a little bit and then we'll do an extended preview obviously next weekend's going to be great new year's i mean you know football basketball um, a lot of good stuff going on. So, Graham, any closing thoughts for us this evening uh, before we get into Musketeer Minute? Uh, no, not a whole lot. Um, excited, you know. Uh, Big East play is back, so we'll just kick it right into our Musketeer Minute. Um, first game, you know, to touch upon, uh, Georgetown. Um, it was kind of like an odd game. You know, you're excited for Big East play and you're playing kind of a more, you know, bottom of the pack Big East team but at the same time, you know conference plays a different animal um, and I think that showed you know, it was kind of neck and neck where we would like we we had like their upper hand but it wasn't like, a, you know Georgetown was staying like an arm's length away um, Yeah, I was, I was never in doubt that we were going to win the game, but it definitely got a little too close for comfort at yeah. times. And I'd say, you know, um, it was maybe around eight minutes left there. It was just a, an explosion, you know. Like I'd say a 14-2 run, somewhere around there where, um, you know, the better team just pulled away. Um, Kunkel and Sule just letting it rain from deep. Um, a combined 11 for 16. Um, love to see that from them. Uh, just scoring at a, such a high clip. Um, you know, stars at 17, 18, 12, 15, and 28. Um, the bench, you know, giving you a little bit. Um, 12 points. I mean, you hope that it could always be more, but from what we've been getting, um, it's pretty decent. Um, I thought Des looked great against Georgetown. He gave us a lot of good minutes. Um, uh, I just I think that it's a little eerie um, how fast that game was, um, how many shots that Georgetown was going to be able to take. Um, we weren't really able to force a lot of turnovers. Georgetown had six turnovers, um, and this isn't like a Georgetown team where um, you know they're that disciplined and they're that um, organized offensively. This is definitely an inferior Georgetown team. Um, so it rubs me the wrong way that we weren't able to, you know, really lock down. Um, there's no reason that a Georgetown team should have been able to drop 90 points on us um, in any scenario. Um, also, yeah, and then, 28% oh, yeah. capacity at Capital One. 
who was really that surprised? No. Uh, unbelievable. Come on. Come on. Low major stuff there from, from the yeah. boys. You want to kick us off uh, Seton Hall, Coach Evan? What's up? Do you want to kick us off for uh, Seton Hall? Oh, do I want to kick us off? I apologize. I, I thought you said, we, you know what kicks us off? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. There couple, couple headlines. Um, I think Seton Hall was a little bit of the inverse. Uh, a lot of really good defense. I mean, not nothing incredible, but definitely seen some improvement there from our defensive end. Um, and the offense struggled a little bit. Nunji, you know, couldn't really get in the game. Kind of got handled by the uh, by the big guys down low for Seton Hall. Um, and then you know, obviously Adam Conkle had a, had a tough night shooting from deep. He was one to seven. Um, but but overall, I, I do think the team. It was good to see. I, I think it's been great to see in these first two games. We played, you know, Georgetown, who is a inferior opponent on the road, um, able to go get the win there in a very like running gun fashion. Like let's go, you know, throw up as many shots as possible, and we're the better team, so we're going to make more. You know, was kind of the philosophy there. Then we almost did the flip side, right? It was more of like a, all right, you know, we're not going to be able to really put this team away, so let's really grind with them. Let's let's play tough. Um, let's make shots down the down the stretch. And really, I will say, like defensively down the stretch, they were very, very sound and very, very disciplined. The last possession of the game, Colby Jones, that defense, unbelievable. Especially, you know, Sean Miller reported he was battling the flu last night, um, you know, reportedly, and that's awesome. I mean, it, to be able to make that defensive play at the end of the game, um, I'm not going to lie that when they when they blew the whistle there with whatever five or six seconds left there when, when Casey and Defo went out of bounds, and or I think they called it a travel, um, I thought they were calling a foul, and I was going to go ballistic because that would have been a really bad bailout call. But refs made the right decision. Colby Jones played great defense there on that last play. And overall, I think that was kind of a reflection between Colby, Sule, Zach, like we said, always plays with a chip on his shoulder against Seton Hall. Um, he played really well on both ends of the floor. Um, and then Jerome Hunter, we can't go throughout this pod without missing, without mentioning this guy. Ten points off the bench. He was awesome. He played his role to a T. Phenomenal defense on a night that we needed it. Stepped up and scored some points when some of our big men, you know, Nunji and Kunkel, weren't able to score as starters. Um, could not be more happy for the guy. So awesome to see the role that he is playing and how well he's executing it, especially how well he played last night. Um, so far, so yeah, I think now it's now now it's really buckle down time. We've gotten our footing. We've proven to ourselves that we can win both, you know, in the run and gun style, and both in the in the lockdown defensively and really focus on you know the craft of the game and things like that. Um, so I think we've done well to prove to ourselves that we can do both. Now it's time to really lock in because I think St. John's, even though they did lose to Villanova tonight, I still I, I, St. John's worries me. They boat raced us two games last year, and not a lot has changed on either side of those teams. Um, you know, obviously outside of Julian Champagne leaving, and obviously that's a huge asset for St. John's. But I still think they're a very good team. Curbelo, Posh Alexander, they got some really good pieces there, and they're super, super quick. You know, quicker than we are even, they, and they score a lot of points. Um, so very excited to see that game. I think that could be a very similar to the Georgetown game, and then we get and then we host UConn just three days later um, on New Year's Eve. So. A very emotional and heavy set next couple games for Xavier. Um, and these next two games, I think, could, could really um, decide to be the catalyst to a, to a great start to the conference play. Um, you know, they could go okay and, you know, maybe you split them. And, uh, you know, then we're moving on with, 
with things to work on, um, you know, or, you know, if they do go poorly and, and you come out 0-2, um, then I think it's time to kind of reevaluate and how you're going to attack this conference season. Um, so I, I do think they definitely have the opportunity. Um, and, and after seeing, you know, how Georgetown was able to give, give UConn a serious run for their money, they're beatable. Like, they've shown their flaws, and I'm sure that's the tape that Sean Miller is going to really, really hone in on and focus on and get his staff oriented on, get the players oriented on. Um, you know, so I think that'll be a good little Christmas project for those guys. Um, but yeah, can't can't wait to see what this team has to do. I love, but I, I think my biggest takeaway is I love seeing that we could do it both ways and, and get wins in in multiple ways um, out of that out of that opening of conference play. Yeah, I think that um, when you aren't playing that good of defense, but you know you're scoring at such a high volume, um, it's kind of just like pushing everything to the back burner but when you aren't playing that well offensively and you're in like a grit and grind game it, it was really good and um, reassuring to see that we don't need you know all the threes to fall in order for us to be good you know we played a, just a solid game and got a win against a good team um, made me very optimistic for the next few games coming up I think St. John's is a great test because you're not you know you're not going on the road to UConn um, to start off conference play, but you know you're still going to a tough environment versus a tough team. So I think it's a great test to see uh, what this team can be um, before we get into the bulk of uh, conference play coming up here. Yeah, totally agree. So, anywho, all right. Well, that will wrap it for Wednesday, December twenty-first pod. Thursday, December twenty-second pod. Um, this will be uploaded tomorrow. We'll get it up and get it rolling for you. Um, and for your enjoyment over the holiday season, happy holidays uh, to all of our crew here. Uh, happy holidays to you, Graham, um, you know, from the Norwood Noise podcast. Um, great first year and some change here, and uh, really excited to see what conference play has to bring to what's still a, a very unknown college basketball season. Um, so, yeah, that, that will wrap it for us tonight. Um, Graham, thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, and yeah, appreciate you all for listening and we will see you all next week for a preview of the upcoming New Year's weekend games. And then again, I give the, you know, we'll do a little something special, um, to kind of celebrate the holiday season. So thanks again, y'all for listening and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye.